0: Welcome to the Medal of Honor podcast with your host, Tiffany Martzchink. This week, Tiffany speaks with Larry Moore, a retired ranger and army officer. In 1993, Larry Moores was leading a convoy to capture two Somala leaders when two Blackhawks were shot down. Then the mission turned into a desperate search and rescue mission. In what is known as Black Hawk Down, Larry describes his role in the battle that left 18 killed, over 80 wounded, and one missing pilot from his task force. He shares with us valuable lessons he learned in Mogadishu and what roles his men played in recovering our dead and wounded. Also, the benefits of living right in the city of Mogadishu and deploying from a very visible airfield. The locals saw them all the time. He enlisted as a young army ranger, commissioned through officer candidate school and served a 21-year career in airborne, Ranger and Special Operations assignments, with numerous deployments including, Grenada, Somalia and Afghanistan. Moores is now Executive Director of Three Rangers Foundation, which provides veterans with experts, advice and assistance in every aspect of their journey, whether spiritual, physical, mental, employment, finances, family, or education.
1: I talked a little bit about um, transitioning from being mentored to being a mentor, but then you're still you're still getting mentored at the same time. So it's a you you grow in responsibility uh, i'm a am a mentor now, uh, and I'm still being mentored by others
2: as i as I come up through the ranks..
0: Welcome to the Medal of Honor podcast with your host, Tiffany Martzchenk. This week, Tiffany speaks with Larry Moore, a retired ranger and army officer. In 1993, Larry Moore's was leading a convoy to capture two Somali leaders when two Black Hawks were shot down. Then the mission turned into a desperate search and rescue mission. In what is known as Black Hawk Down, Larry describes his role in the battle that left 18 killed over 80 wounded, and one missing pilot from his task force. He shares with us valuable lessons he learned in Mogadishu and what roles his men played in recovering our dead and wounded. Also, the benefits of living right in the city of Mogadishu and deploying from a very visible airfield. The locals saw them all the time. He enlisted as a young army ranger, commissioned through officer candidate school and served a 21-year career in airborne, Ranger and special operations assignments, with numerous deployments including, Grenada, Somalia and Afghanistan. Moores is now executive director of Three Rangers Foundation, which provides veterans with experts, advice and assistance in every aspect of their journey, whether spiritual, physical, mental, employment, finances, family, or education.
3: so my
1: uh, father uh, was in the air force my brother and i were air force brats for a few years um and we had that understanding of service um at a young age so my my brother and i both ended up joining um out of school my my brother attended uh, west point the military academy and and i enlisted right out of high school in connecticut with hopes of attending school at some point and uh and and i worked that transition so i I was able to go to uh, to OCS um, and then spent the rest of my time as a as a commissioned officer. Yeah, I spent uh, a bulk of my time in the Ranger Regiment. So the first Ranger Battalion was my first assignment in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I did two tours there while I was enlisted. Um, I went to OCS um, and then went back to uh, the third Ranger Battalion um, as a lieutenant.
4: So how what did that process process look like for you when you joined the army? Did you just join uh, and become an infantryman and then later decide that you wanted to do ranger or or, or was you being a ranger a part of your plan?
1: Uh it was always part of my plan. Um my brother was a junior at West Point uh, when I left to join the army. So I I I got some great advice from him as a 17 year old kid that he he said if you're going to go in you'll go into a good unit and and it'll build a foundation whichever way you decide so if you decide to use it as a foundation for a military career if you go to the rangers you'll you'll have that foundation to build and grow on um, if you decide to get out and go to school uh, then you'll be more disciplined you'll have that foundation underneath you to to use that as a springboard through the education process so i I had an amazing time. Uh, decide, decided to stay in, but you know, as as two kids from a small town Connecticut um, area, you know, it was a it was great advice from from Big Brother uh, to just to say, hey, you know, these this will pay off later. Um, you know, a few times while I was you know waist deep in swamps in Georgia, I was questioning his decision to go to the Rangers. <laughs> stuff, but
4: <laughs> did you and your brother ever serve together as Rangers in the same unit?
1: Um we did not uh not in the rangers my my brother was an infantry officer as a lieutenant went left the uh, the infantry to go back to medical school so he he went to the military medical school in Bethesda um uh, we uh, crossed paths a couple of times but he was a a physician at the time and I and I was an infantryman uh when 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 I was later in my career as a captain and major, I worked at the Joint Special Operations Command uh, at Fort Bragg, and my brother was one of the surgeons that supported the command. So we did we did get to serve together at that headquarters. Uh, we got to jump together. Um, it was really a, a great great opportunity for both of us, uh, and and a great time for for
3: the unit. And this is a
4: this is just like just like branches kind of have their picking at each other. Um, I I wonder. I, I would imagine there might be a little bit of that between rangers and special forces. Is that like a which one is better, rangers or special forces, or not really?
1: No, I think all the units have that that healthy professional um, competition. So you know, everybody. Whenever you go, uh, when now when I go somewhere to speak um you always start off with the joke about the seals or or someone who you can <laughs> you know mm-hmm. have that that competition with you know everybody yeah. wants to be yeah. the the unit that gets the the visibility and 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 gets the missions um, so it's it's interesting when you look at it from that perspective you know that yeah. uh, everybody has their role and their support within the structure of the special operations command um and, and everybody wants to say their unit is better than the other guy uh, so that again that's a always been a healthy part of of the community you know ever since I came in in, in the 80s mm-hmm. there's always been a lot of uh professional competition and and, yeah. and 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 that goes with all the different types of units whether it's uh, army units uh, you know the navy the marines you know mm-hmm.
4: everybody's got their
1: their pecking order and yeah and and they, I think they use that in a good
2: way
4: yes I would agree Within the army, you have rangers, and then you have the special forces. What's the difference between being a ranger and being in special forces?
1: Well, everything's just based on missions and capabilities. So the rangers are a direct action. It's a it's a regimental size unit that has a specific mission set um, for the, the special operations community. Uh, the special forces uh, they are more of a uh, the, the trainer. So they have a 10 man, 18 that goes into certain areas. They they embed with a foreign country, they help train. So foreign internal defense has always been one of their big missions where they go in and they help other countries get better at their capabilities. They also have a direct action capability, uh, but there's a little bit of difference between the unit capabilities uh, between a special forces unit and a, and a ranger unit again it's it's based on that qualification and mission set so the ranger you you ranger is an individual school so you get a, a ranger qualification badge um, so there's there's people who go to ranger school but don't serve in the ranger regiment uh, i don't want to get into the specifics <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, lot of yeah. back and forth yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. a, between you know who 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 goes to what school and who serves in what unit um i think it's healthy that people challenge themselves as leaders and and try and better themselves so if they if They go to the school and that's what they do, then they become better because of it. Um, mm-hmm. the special Forces is the same way, they have a special forces qualification badge that they wear once they've gone through all their schooling and, and, and certifications, so that which is a little more extensive. You know, they go through language training, um, uh, you know, their specific MOS. Um, the Ranger regiment is set up a little bit different where they're a Ranger battalion has a a majority of uh, infantrymen They're ranger qualified they have a specific mission so it again it just goes down to mission sets and and skills and qualifications right well the special operations community as a whole has a lot of different opportunities within it so the the Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like the u.s army special operations command at fort bragg they oversee all the different army special operations so the uh the aviation units at fort campbell the rangers the Delta Force, all the different special operations capabilities all fall under that umbrella. So it's it's interesting when you look at it from that that bigger picture. There's a three star um, at Bragg who who's responsible as a force provider for all those different types of units underneath um, that Army Special Operations umbrella, from psychological operations to Rangers to civil affairs to aviation, uh, special forces. You name it. It's
2: all it's all under that same command
4: so did you stay in long enough to retire
2: i did i i spent um right about 21 years so i
1: i was enlisted for nine years uh went to the officer candidate school um and then came back to the community uh, as an officer and came up through um, so i i went from e1 to e6 uh, staff sergeant in the first ranger battalion uh, before i went to ocs and then um Came back to the Rangers as a second lieutenant um, and then
2: um retired as a major um after twelve years as an officer.
4: One thing that I have found in my time in the military is that those officers who were enlisted before tend to be um a, a better, more well-rounded leader as an officer because they have that enlisted experience. I, I would imagine too, with you, not only were you enlisted before, but you also were a leader as an NCO before becoming an officer. Do you think that that your your experience being enlisted and being an NCO contributed to your leadership style as an officer as well?
1: I, I definitely believe it does. The the ability to um uh, come in as a as a new lieutenant, as a platoon leader, um, I I understood. From having stood in the platoon on the other side, a lot of the duties and responsibilities. So I was able to focus on, you know, being a, a good lieutenant, a good platoon leader in, in different roles, different units, um, because I, I, I knew a lot of what happened in the platoon. So I didn't have to focus from that perspective. I, I, I focused on leading them and, and, and was able to, uh, grow quicker, I think, because of that, you know, having that, that ability yeah. to see, uh, those roles uh, as a team leader, as a squad leader, uh, because I had done them before. Uh, so it was a, it was easier to direct them and, and have them understand what where I was coming from because they, they, they
2: couldn't tell me, hey, sir, you you don't know what a squad leader does. Stay in your lane. I said, well, I, I sort of do. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you, you mentioned being passionate about uh, leaders' mentorship. What did that look like for you in the military and now out of the military?
1: Well, I, I think the biggest part of the, that leadership mentorship equation, um, when, when I was a young Ranger, uh, I was mentored by some of the best leaders the Army had to offer. So I, I used that experience as a, as a young um, enlisted Ranger uh, and, and how positive it was for me to be mentored by those leaders. And I always use that as a a measuring stick, so to speak, on 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 mentorship and leadership and how I grew through the ranks. I always thought that if I could um, get to a certain percent of the impact uh, on my soldiers that that my leaders had on me when I was younger, then then I was I was meeting the requirement. Uh, it was it was very powerful in the early '80s in the Rangers to. They they had just finished. Uh, they had they had come back recently from Desert One, um, the, the the failed Iranian hostage rescue mission. The company that I was in had a lot of the non commissioned officers and, and that, that were on that mission. So they they had a real uh, sharp focus on on wanting to do things to the next level. They they wanted to they wanted to be super prepared if they ever got an opportunity to deploy again they wanted to make sure it went well so it was a it was an amazing time to be to be led and mentored by them uh, because they were so good at what they did they they were post vietnam era they had helped form the ranger units in the late 70s mid to late 70s and and they were they were they were very focused on 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 letting people know that hey these people were selected to be in the rangers for the for the right reasons and and they wanted to like i said if they if they got an opportunity to deploy again, they they would they would prove everybody that hey, we're we're doing this for the right reason. We we formed these
2: ranger battalions uh, because it does make a difference in, in in the in the military.
4: Before setting out to mentor others. And then what about the importance of continuing to be mentored as you become a mentor to other people too?
2: But I think that that linkage is is super important uh, because when
1: when you are are being mentored and you're being mentored by those those elite leaders leaders and mentors, it, it it really has that impact and you can see how you grow personally through that. And I think it it makes it a little bit easier for you to translate that later in your career um, if if you get in a mentor relationship that that might not be. Um, as effective as it could be, then that's not going to have as profound an impact when you get in a, men- a mentorship capability later in your career. Um, so there's a there's an interesting transition there, and 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 I like how that that relays. So as a young ranger, I was mentored by some amazing NCOs and officers, and then and then I started to transition into that mentor uh, capacity. But then I also had Additional mentors that stayed with me, so I'm I, I have grown from someone who is being mentored to a mentor myself, but I'm still being mentored. So it's it, it's not like I I transition out of being mentored just because I'm a mentor now. Um, if if that makes sense, I, I still have the senior leaders above me uh, as I'm growing through the officer ranks who are continuing that mentorship because I I am looking to grow into their
3: positions
4: and ranks as well. Is mentorship something that you still do now that you're out of the military?
2: Yes, uh, it's interesting,
1: the the connectivity, and and I stay connected with the Rangers uh, through different capacities and and some organizations that I work with, um, but I think that connectivity um, continues. uh, The soldiers that I worked with, I stay connected with them in a civilian capacity. My wife and I worked at West Point um, at the Military Academy uh, for a few years, so some of those cadets um are now uh field grade officers in the army and it's great to stay connected with them and, and hear from them as they grow mm-hmm. every once in a while you'll get a a note that says hey you know thank you sir for that the talk you gave me when i was a youngster <laughs> you know it took me a little while to to mm-hmm. figure out the impact it had uh, but you know it's, it's always wonderful to to hear from them later uh, about that relationship and and
2: how you had a
4: a small impact along their path. Yeah, there's a um, a person that I, she and I still keep in touch. She was actually my instructor during AIT, and later, uh, probably eight or nine years later, was ended up being my my boss's boss. So. We reconnected then, and then even after that, once even after she had retired, she and I still stayed connected, and I became an instructor, so I would always go to her and say, hey, how do you address this, or how do you deal with that? Um, and it was great, because I trusted her, and she knew me, and I knew her, so there was um, that level of trust, and I knew that whatever she would share with me uh, was founded on good standing or a good principle,
2: and it's great to have
1: someone like that that you can reach out to uh, because it means a lot. You know, one that there's that connectivity where you can reach out and understand each other. Um, but two, it, it means a lot mm-hmm. from from each of your positions. That one that that you reach out to her, so she likes that. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the the back and forth uh, means a lot as you grow. I, I have a senior mentor that I uh, still communicate with. I, I worked with him at Fort Bragg. Um, and he said something recently about this mentorship capacity, and we're we're not serving in uniform anymore, um, so we don't have that direct link to the military. Um, but anything we can do to help this new generation that's currently in uniform, whether it's helping them with uh, an assignment, helping them with connectivity, helping them uh, while they're PCSing, whatever it may be. Um, you know that that means a lot to them. That hey, this is someone who has been in my shoes before, and, and we're still in a different capacity, but we we still want to be a part of the effort.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So here's here's a a question for you: How do you define success, or how do you? Or how do you define success, and then how do you measure success?
2: That's interesting. Um, I think it's, it's, there, there's different ways to, uh,
1: to understand that, that dynamic. Uh, it's, it's not always an instant gratification. Um, there may be a lag in, Hey, I, I put a lot of time and effort into this project, whether it's, a a, a personal, a personal project or a, uh, a specific, uh, you know, non-personal project. Uh, sometimes you'll see the results quicker. Um, I, I love doing yard work at home because it gives me instant feedback. I go out and I mow the grass. I I trim some bushes and it looks really good. You don't always get that same feedback uh, when you're working a project in, in uniform or, or with a, a soldier who has an issue that you're trying to work through. Uh, sometimes it takes years. But like I said, um, you know, you, you'll you'll get an email um, a year later or two years later, and and it really means a lot that hey, they remember that time and they still come back and say thank you for the time that you spent. Um, my, I'll go back to to West Point uh, for an example like that, and, and back to the success piece. Um, the military academy has a, a mentorship program for some of the kids who who have a an honor or a respect issue where it it wasn't great enough to be expelled from the academy, but they have to go through a mentorship program that that is approved by the commandant, Uh, so it's still a pretty high level. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I got to serve
2: as a mentor to a a young man um, who had had an honor violation It's a six-month program. You spend a lot of time together. Once we
1: worked through the initial issue, which got him into the honor program, we we realized that there was other things involved, and he grew a lot through that. Uh, he was one of the first cadets who ever had a, a serious honor violation to actually serve on the honor council as a as a firstie as a senior at West Point. He sent me a note you know two years later, and said you know thank you, sir for the time that you spent uh so again that that's one of those success pieces. It's not automatic uh but you see you see that later uh where hey this 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 had that impact uh as a mentor that that we were looking for uh, and and that, and again, I saw it um as as a youngster myself um the 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 young n c o who took uh, a young private who might have been uh fighting with uh some capability that he was trying to overcome. Uh and that the young corporal or, or young sergeant really took the extra time to train him uh to get him to the next level, to get him ready to go to ranger school or 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 Pathfinder school or jump master school or or whatever it might be. Uh and 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 that time spent, you know, really means a lot to the unit as a whole uh, you know it's, it's not just about getting uh, the the young private or young young soldier over that hurdle it's about getting better as a team uh, and 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 that that teamwork you know really means a lot especially when when you deploy into you know a hazardous zone you know it's that team has to understand that everybody's there uh, for each other uh, and we we have to overcome those obstacles
2: uh, as a team and and when Everything gets real bad, and everybody knows you have their backs uh, from from different capacities.
4: So, who is who is the out of out of all the people that have mentored you? And I know this this is like this is like asking who is your favorite kid. Um, <laughs> but people who has mentored you before who do you think had this impact on you in your career. I, mean, I can see that your brother had an impact on you by giving you his advice um, as far as what to do in joining the military but as when it comes to mentorship who would you say had the biggest impact on you?
1: It, it's it, it is interesting when you when you look at that because it's a it, it's a long process
2: right so um mm-hmm. I I don't know if I would pick one person as the, the
1: the key person that really got me past an obstacle that was really a, a big struggle. Um, I, I think it, it was different eras of leaders and mentors. So when I was young, I was an 18-year-old private in the Army. Um, I had my challenges, but the, those mentors, and, and it was a group of them, uh, both as Non-commissioned officers and and officers uh, that that really provided that example. Uh, you know, there was there was team leaders, there was squad leaders. Um, I, I had a first sergeant so that that was just amazing. Um, and then
2: as as I started to grow in, in subsequent assignments, uh, those mentors that helped in those
1: next assignments. Uh, played a big roles as well because it was different challenges so when, when I was a when I was a private my my challenges were more personal and 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 a smaller scale because it was just me and my my ranger buddy on my left and right uh, but when I was a lieutenant and had mentors I had 30 35 rangers that I was responsible for when I was a company commander uh, at Bragg I had a couple hundred folks that I was responsible for. So the the, the being mentored and mentorship capabilities take on a, a much different, larger scale perspective. So, um, yeah. There 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 are yeah. A, yeah so there, I there, think- I, again, I, I I I would love to be able to give a, a specific answer uh, on on one person, but I I don't think it was about one person. It was it was about it was about teams of people, and and I and I love the way uh the, the rangers do that especially um you know we 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 did a lot of things as teams uh as whether it was a, a platoon level or a company level or, or a battalion
2: um it was all about that 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 bigger effort uh
4: yes and i think that asking who the most impactful uh mentor was is not a fair question because of the, of what you said. Um, when, cause I came in as an E1 as well. And so mentorship that I got as an E1 is not the same type of mentorship that I'm going to get as an E6 because things look different between E1 and E6. So Because, like you said, because as a private, as a junior, even just forget just E one, but from E one to E four, you know your your focus as a junior enlisted person is um, doing doing learning how to do your job to the best of your ability and helping your buddies out doing theirs doing their job as well but when you get put in a position to where it's now not only do I have to still do my job and fulfill my role I'm also responsible for directing people that are junior to me and so that brings mentorship it, the mentorship looks different now so it, it was kind of an unfair question to say who is your most impactful and you know I think it's just having those right people come at the right time
1: I think it's interesting from the uh, the, the career of mentorship and, and mentoring because you you talk about specific people and and I I had a boss that talked about uh, a, a mosaic. Uh, so when you think of a mosaic and how it gets pieced together, uh, the mentorship is like that. So you'll you'll get different points of it as a as a young private, as a as a young NCO, as a young officer. Uh, and it all comes together. And I remember sometimes I would say, "Oh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have had that specific piece of information or or mentorship guidance uh, when I was a, when I was a lieutenant, because it would have made a difference." Uh, but sometimes, as that mosaic is getting put together, as all these different mentorship lessons for people are developing, you can't just you can't just plug it in at a different time because it's, you're not ready for it. So um, you know that that mentorship growth—it's not like you can take a a big chunks of it all at once. (laughs) It's a it's a long process that that helps people grow into different roles as you as you come up through the ranks.
4: I can't tell you how many times I've said, "If I knew then what I know now," (laughs) right? Um, But when it boils down to it, I didn't know it then, and even if I did, would I have really? heeded that advice or taken, would I have really taken it into consideration? We'll never know. Um, But there's so many times that I found myself asking that same, that very question of, man, I wish I knew this when I was, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's like, it's like they almost, um, withhold it intentionally because you're not ready. And, and again, I guess that's part of the development mm-hmm. process. You know, you know, they're not, they're not keeping information mm-hmm. from you in a negative way. Uh, but, but they're providing, they're providing inputs and less, like they don't, they don't need to teach me how to be a company commander while I'm serving as a Lieutenant uh, that that's a, that's a stage for later. Uh, so some of that comes mm-hmm. um, at, at certain times in your growth and, and maturity and development through, Uh, different opportunities and and capacities that
2: you develop. Mm
4: -hmm. So to, to switch gears a little bit, you were in for about 21 years. What was your transition from 21 years of military service to civilian life? What was that like for you?
2: It's, it's, I think it's always an, an ongoing process. Just like, just like serving in the army, uh, you, you grow and you develop through uh,
1: opportunities on the, on the outside. Once you take your uniform off, uh, I, I I do some work with, veteran transitions and and uh, uh,
2: like i said a couple of nonprofits that i have been linked with and it's it's interesting you 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 you're not going to have another 20 year career
1: with the first civilian business that you walk into after you retire <laughs> i can almost guarantee you that <laughs> Um, you know, very few people are able to to serve two different opportunities like that. So, um, you know, I I think as you as you grow and you develop and and you get mentored in different capacities uh, as a civilian, you you see different opportunities and you you grow because of that. So,
2: when I first retired, my wife was still active duty, so I became somewhat of a, a, a traveling spouse. I, I was the one who looked for jobs
1: when my wife PCS. Uh, so when she moved to Washington with uh, an assignment to the Pentagon, I had to go into DC and find my next uh, defense job. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of a role reversal, uh, but but I, I like that, you know, I, I was able to transition with all of her PCSs to new opportunities in new towns uh, and, and understand uh, the, the capabilities that, that came with that. Uh, yeah, we have uh, a family as well. So as you, and, and everybody that goes through that process, you know, we, oh. Thank
0: you, have a nice day. Thank you and have
3: a nice day.